0: You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world.
1: In the last few weeks, Pastor Mark has been talking of the church God intended. Uh, Many of you will remember the one he spoke on, the church is the body of Christ. Great message quite funny, quite funny, you should listen to it, it's online uh, and it's a good one to hear. And in, in in that same theme, I want to talk about the family of God. In other words, the church is the family of God, alright, and what that does mean and how it impacts and affects us all, whether you're listening to me here or online, I hope this message speaks to you. I'm going to start by taking you to three passages that talk about family in the church, in the Bible. First one, Psalms 68, verse 5 to 7. It says, The father to the fatherless, the defender widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun scorched land. Here God is talking about himself. He will be a father to the fatherless. Immediately you get it. God always wanted us to be family. Why does he come to us as a father? Even for those of us who do not have a father, he goes, I will be your father. Why does he speak of the context of marriage when he talks of defending the widows? That if you didn't have a husband, he would be that. And so you can see his heart for marriage as he comes. And God is that. that. He, he, he will make that, all right? And he sets the lonely in families. In other words, he does not want you to be isolated. And yet we live in a time where people are so divided and isolated more than anything before. Some people will say it is the biggest pathological problem our society has is loneliness. All right? That is so eaten into the human nature and what God designed us to be. God is doing the opposite. He's creating a family. He's calling the church to be a family, not just an institution, not somewhere you just turn up on Sundays, but actually asking you to go another step and create a family so that he can lead out the prisoners with singing. That's what he wants to do. He wants us to become that. And so he's already spoken that. God is the one that sets us in family. He wants to do this this deep work within our lives, all right He wants to bring this whole dimension within us. When we look, when we look back in, in longitudinal research over the survivors of September uh, 11, you know, you know the, the, the whole destruction of the Twin Towers, research will now tell you that the survivors of that disaster and the families all right, those who had family those who had close-knit friends and those who had church actually were recovered and restored very much better. Isn't that interesting? Those who had nobody struggle with the trauma and are finding it so hard to overcome that trauma. Now, what it shows us is God knew what he was doing when he set the lonely in families, when he wanted us to be in families, even though he knows that some of us may come from broken families. We may come from families that are aggressive, violence, all that. But he goes, my plan still, that you will be part of families to heal that trauma. So family is actually a place of healing and restoration, a place of love, support and acceptance. And God comes to work within families. Let me show you another one. Luke chapter 1 and verse 17. Most of us know this. He's talking, he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. In the context here, he's talking of the messianic move of God that comes with Jesus Christ and through the cross. And he says in this move, there will be a turning of hearts to the father, turning of the hearts of the fathers to the children. He's talking of a restoration that is coming in this move. So part of the kingdom of God, part of the church of God is to see families healed and see that coming back together. It's not only salvation for myself, but to see the restoration and healing of families. I've seen it in my own life. In so many amazing and miracle ways, I've seen my son, I've seen my brother, I've seen my father, all come back through the cross working in me and restoring them back. And then he adds in verse 17, he says, And the disobedient to the wisdom of the Jess." What he's talking about here is when children have an often and rejection within their heart, a spirit of disobedience comes to them in their rejection. And so from rejection, they go to rebellion because of the spirit that nobody cares for me anyway. And they lose the wisdom that is supposed to be within them and they have to grow up in the knowledge and the wisdom of God. But again, brokenness in family can take away that innate wisdom that is ours to use. And God goes, I don't want them. I want to give them the wisdom that belongs to those who are saved and in salvation. I need to have a wisdom. But for that to happen, the spirit of rejection and disobedience must be removed. And so quite often you will find that when you come from a home like I did, that was broken and hurting and rejected, I was extremely rebellious and would not do anything my parents wanted. And they would just keep telling me, you're you're rebellious. But actually, I was broken. My behavior was rebellious. My heart was broken. And God was healing my heart so that he could uproot rejection and I don't turn to rebellion and I become one in humility submitted unto God. And the moment I did that, healing came to my family. Isn't that amazing? That's how God brings healing. So you see the power of family that God is bringing because he wants the people to be prepared for his coming. All right, there we are. Let me give you one more. Genesis chapter 12 in verse 3. Genesis chapter 12 is the covenant verses that God will make with Abraham. I'm just picking up one of them, verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now the covenant God makes with Abraham reaches its fulfillment in Jesus and therefore in us. Does that make sense? So part of what we carry in our Jesus DNA is to bring healing to the families of all the earth. It's in you. It is part of your DNA. You were designed to bring healing. So when we come together like this, it is a house of healing of families, of marriages, of children. This is a house of healing. That anointing and grace is given to us as we come in this manner before the presence of God. All right, we have this as we come into the presence of god now you know here in perth and i'm sure it's same as we talk of online church we have seen you know five campuses here in perth until now this year until now four thousand four hundred and thirty four new people come into kingdom city all right we're seeing this coming probably the numbers change because they had youth on friday and it always changes when they have youth on friday all right so i think there's more new people that have come but but did, were they lonely people coming looking for family? Were they people who are saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm coming because I need something deeper in my life. Were they looking for family because God puts the lonely in family? Did they come here because God actually took them and said, hey, Kingdom City, be family to them. That means we must learn how to be family. We must deal with the brokenness of our own heart. For me, the rejections of my childhood, I have to work with it. If not, all I become is a very, very rebellious person. I'm not really bringing healing, but if I was to find that healing... I become part of a house of healing the family of God where people can come and find that restoration and healing. So you cannot just give a message of salvation. It must come in the context of family. It's always in relationship that the heart submits. Otherwise, you're just ordering them around and they'll come in rebellion. But in relationships, in a house of healing, people come and, and, and receive Christ. So let me show you this. This year, 2024, here in in, in Perth in the five campuses, two thousand and sixty-three people make decisions for Christ. All right, two thousand people made decisions for Christ. What was it that we carried? Or that we should carry, or we should improve, or be a part of to create the family of God so God can put the lonely. In families, God can bring the fatherless and he can be a father to them within the midst of family. God can bring those who are struggling because marriages are breaking up and they can come here and find the love and the support that they can. And one to another, we can be that family of God. We must move away from people who just attended as an institution to a family that brings restoration and healing because this is a lonely place. All right, people are lonely in this planet. They want to be connected and you and I hold the key to it. Isn't that amazing? That is powerful what God has called us to do. But having said that, why do we struggle and we may, some of us may struggle to be the family of God? Why are you saying, I just want it to be church, I just want to attend and go, leave me alone. Why do we struggle to go beyond it, to a relational, emotional connection? What is holding us back? What is the wall? What is the condition of my heart what is happening in my emotions that is holding me back and i go i'm happy to attend but i don't want to connect deeper what could be the problems that hold it back all right in what we do i'm going to throw up some of it all right Gonna be a bit tense, but bear with me, all right? Some of the things that hold us back. Now listen, I've always used myself as an example in situations like this. So here, I'm pointing the finger at myself. These are some things, hurts and brokenness of early years. Research will tell us when you come from broken homes and broken backgrounds, you're actually not very good at relationships or emotional connection. In fact, you emotionally are very dysregulated, all right? You're either going to go and get really angry Anger is a big problem in homes, all right? Or you're gonna sink really down and get depressed. You tend to go up or down, but you just cannot. And therefore you go, I don't want relationships. In fact, they don't even sound nice when I say it to you, The something in you goes, oh, just keep away from me. That's the one I'm talking about, all right? Our hearts and struggles with church. We could have been hurt by church, all right? Uh, We can go through all kinds of situations, church, pastors, people, and, and, and be so hurt. Pastors can be so hurt that you leave your church and maybe you're sitting here or you're listening to me online. I've talked to many of pastors who have been so disappointed and hurt in ministry and God brought them to Kingdom City. Isn't that amazing? Because he wants to heal their heart. He's always the father who wants to put the lonely in families. It could be because of fear and distrust. You just find it very hard to trust people. And you go, that's just me. No, it's not you. It is your hurting, broken heart. Because you made the nature of God. The nature of God is he loves, he trusts, he takes. By faith, he picks us up. And God wants to bring that healing or simply feeling unsafe. I've talked to people and they go, I just feel so unsafe when I walk into the campus. I I really have talked to them here in Perth. All right, people who just feel... Oh, this is hard. They struggle when they have to connect with people. They want the God part, but they can struggle when it comes to people around them. Or it could be due to our belief system. Somewhere along we built up a belief system that does not come in alignment to who God is and to who the Bible is. So let's look at that. Believe the lie that I don't need family. All right, there are people who go, I don't need anyone. I can manage by themselves. It's actually a coping mechanism because you've been hurt and you're afraid to connect again. But let God, in the gentleness of His Spirit, lead you today. All right, or believe, I believe the lie that I love God, but I don't need church. All right. Very, very common belief system. I am God. We're good, you know. I am God. We're fine. It's only people that's the problem. All right. And uh, in some ways, you're right. Uh, Of course, God's not the problem. People are the problem. But it doesn't mean you don't need the church. All right. There are so many things God will deliver to you through the church. Not everything comes directly from God to you. Do you know that? There's some things he will make the church the postman and they will deliver to you. All right. If you've got a problem with the postman, you're not going to get the delivery. All right. You've got to work with the postman. Right? Some things come. Look at all the spiritual gifts. It comes through the church. The prophecies, the words of knowledge, the laying on of hands. Where does it come? It comes to the church. God in his wisdom decides, I'm not going to have all directly. Some of it is you do have to learn to give. Now, this is a powerful truth. Every time I have a need and someone comes and meets my need, I connect with them. Do you know that's so simple, all right? I have a need. Someone comes and sees and prays for me or gives me or helps me. I connect with them. Do you know that's how connections are formed? That's why God made you a person with needs. All right? You cannot say, I don't need anybody. You're not being true to who God created you to be. And we can go on. It could be a culture of a world which is very individualistic and entitled. Ooh, here we go. All right. We can be very, in- because that's the world. That's how it teaches. I am my own self. I'll do whatever. You should take care of me. I'm not going to give you anything. That is the selfish culture of the world. And finally, you can be very detached due to addictive behavior addictions do shut you down emotionally and relationally if i could bring one of it up one of the most common addictions that we don't really call addictions is the addiction to your screen all right this is a good time to throw your phone into your handbag, all right? The addiction to your phone, it's becoming a bigger and bigger problem in our contemporary society and causing bigger and bigger problems. So there you are. They violate your faith in Christ. They come against the will of God for you. They work against your growth. This is a maturity issue, all right? Maturity means you need to make a choice. You getting that? All right, sometimes we go, okay, you just pray for me and I'll be okay. Not everything is lay hands and pray for you. You have to make a choice. Yeah. This is God's teaching. I am the family of God. You know what? I am going to be the family of God. Don't feel like it. Don't want it. Don't like it. Oh, my body goes into a, a spasm, but I still make a choice because God is good and his word is true. So I make a choice. You mature by making choices. You cannot mature. I cannot lay hands on you and say, be matured. And you become matured. It doesn't work that way. That is a power encounter. I can say in Jesus' name, be healed. And you can be healed. But maturity comes by making choices. Alright? You must go beyond the struggle. The cognitive, the emotional, the relational struggle. And choose God's way. Choose Family. Choose family. Even though family might have heard you before, even though church might have heard. Choose family. God knows what He's doing to help you understand and bring restoration to this, whether in the family of origin, extended family, church, or even your struggles you're having. I am going to take you to a teaching that the the, that Paul wrote, an apostolic revelation that he gave the church. The context of this was between the struggles between the Jewish Christians. Ethnically, they were Jewish, and they had accepted jesus christ and between the non-jewish christians there had been generations of hostility between these two ethnic groups but now salvation had come to both of them they were being saved and they're coming to church together do we have communion together do we sit together Paul addresses it, and he brings an amazing revelation. Now, that may not be our problem. Well, ethnic problems could be our problem, all right? You may struggle with somebody of a different ethnic background from you, and then you need to listen to this word. But for different reasons, and I think particularly for the ones I have just shown you, we hold back and we do not connect. We don't open our heart to love one another, to encourage one another, to give one another, to minister to one another. We don't. We remain isolated in our hurt and our brokenness. It can happen to us. I definitely was that person when I first came to Jesus and the church, and I was very good at finding fault with the church. Well, there was nothing else to do, all right? If you're not relating and connecting and serving, you find fault. Isn't that what we do? All right, not a good idea. But anyway, God began to deal with me and I began to get involved to serve, to give, to love, to minister into the church. God began to bring this powerful part in me. Now, there's one more verse I kind of want to go back here. Uh, sorry, let me remind you, I did that. Is that God began to use me to bring healing to families? So the person who had came from a broken family began to become the person who heals families. That's your story. Rewrite the narrative, all right? Don't just have a history. I came from a broken home. That's true. Why not rewrite it in Christ? and I have become an instrument of healing of families. Really that's what God's offering you today, all right? And this is what Paul tells us. We're going to Ephesians chapter two. Three things I want to show you in Ephesians two. First one, healing of relationships is in the cross. Many of us know about the cross and we know we came to the cross and we put our sin on the cross and God saved us. But we don't realize the cross actually did something far deeper in the emotional, relational, in the memories of all, in the brokenness, in the hurt of your life, the cross healed you. I'll show you that. Ephesians 2 verse 13 and 14. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. He's referring to, you came to Jesus, you accepted Christ, and you and Jesus are one. You and God is one. In a moment, we'll get one of our pastors and he'll show you. If you haven't accepted Christ, we'll give you an opportunity to do that. And he goes on to say, once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. God never intended for you to be far away. He does everything. He comes running to you to draw you near through the blood of Christ. Verse 14, for Christ himself has brought peace. This is not talking of mental peace of mind. This is talking of reconciling between people. That's the peace. He brought peace to us in the context here, united Jews and Gentiles into one people in his own body on the cross. The cross removed the division and it was long-standing. It was impossible in the minds of the Jewish and the Gentiles to even consider being a united and the cross did it. So you may say it's impossible, cannot happen in my case. It can, it can happen. I came from a broken home and I hated my father so much, all right, that when I became a Christian, one of the things God told me is share the gospel to your father. And I said to God, I'll do anything you want, but that's one thing I won't do. I won't share the gospel because if I share the gospel, he will get saved. And if he gets saved, he will go to heaven. But I want him to go to hell. Can you see the bitterness, the hostility, the hurt, because it hurt me, the anger that brewed in me. And I will finish the story by saying how the cross worked on me, because as the years went by, I began to share the gospel to him. And when he laid on his dying bed of all his children, I was the one holding his hand, showing him how to go to Jesus. And my last words to him is, Dad, you're going to be in heaven. And one day I'll come and meet you in heaven. Now that is a change, all right? That is a change. I would not have believed it myself if you told me. But God and the cross did something in me and changed me and brought and removed it. So then let me show you secondly, the cross removed the hostility that I had. So not only does it bring unity, it works deeply on the ingrained hostility, world mindset, ethnic hatred, bitterness in our spirit, memories of all, emotions connected to those memories. All right? All this that rises up when we are hurt and broken, especially with family members. They are complex, they are painful, and we just make an inner vow going, I will never I'll never trust him again I will never trust anyone again and then we come to church that's how we come isn't it I will not put myself in that place I won't be so foolish to trust someone I will not forgive my father all these inner vows become so strong before us it's not that God has a problem with it he knows the power of the cross All right? He knows uh, that's all right, just come, just come. Look here, Christ's death destroyed that hostility that was so strong within us. Verse 15, he did this by ending uh, the system of law with his commands and regulations. God moved away on the cross from, because you did this, you will pay for that. He changed it. On the cross, he changed the rules. It's now Grace. It's now I believe in Jesus. Boom, you get the power of the cross. You yeah. said that's easy. Yes, it is. Yeah. That is it. But you also get healing from the broken relationships. All right? He made peace between Jews and Gentiles, the context. He made peace between my father and me. He made peace by creating himself one new. People, now he became a follower of Christ and I became a follower of Christ and that removed the hostility from us. Together has one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. I had this woman come and speak to me and when our campuses and and she came up to me, I didn't know her very well, and she said to me, "I need to tell you a story." She said, "When when I was a much younger person, and I had my child, and when he was two years ago, two years old, my child was taken away from me. All right, there's a whole backstory, and the child was taken away from me, and she said I was not allowed. I was not allowed to even talk to him or see him. And the years have gone by, and she came to Kingdom City, she accepted Christ, and then she decided to do healing." relationships as she began to do because she hadn't met this her son who is now in his 20s she knows he's married she knows he has a child but he will have nothing to do with her there was a Bitterness and hostility and she didn't know what to do and God began to show her through the teaching of Greenhouse began to show her the power of the cross and she began to receive that. One of the things I do is I actually put my hand on the screen and begin to release the power to heal. You'd be amazed what God can do through a Zoom as all the online people they'll tell you that uh, the power of god on a zoom that god goes god zooms on the zoom all right and the power of god moves in a very powerful way and god healed her heart and as he began to heal her heart because of the power of the cross she said my son called me and he started to talk to me and she was so happy with that and then later she said he called me and he started calling me mom he goes mom and she said oh god But something happened in my heart when he called me, Mom. There was a healing taking place. And just before LA 23, she said, he called and he said, Mom, do you want to come and see your grandchild? So she's actually seen a grandchild. You want to talk of the hostility being removed? This is the power of the cross. This is how God makes us a family. This is how God removes everything. And we need to become that healed people. Because people are coming in. Lonely, broken, fatherless, broken marriages, and we bring the power of the cross and begin to minister to them, all right? In that dimension. Finally, finally, we look at the last one. We are family members. We're are the family of God. I'll show you that. Ephesians 2.17. Now I want to pause and tell you this other story because I think there's some people here that relate to this. I was, I was um, in one of our campuses and you know, people were signing up for greenhouse and greenhouse counter and I was just watching, I was watching this man and he was watching the counter but he was not going near the counter. And I thought, oh, I'm going to ask him. So I go, hey, do you want to sign up for greenhouse? And he went, no his very quick clear answer was no and the moment he said no I felt he's been hurt by church he's been disappointed with ministry it just I just felt it I felt it for him and my heart really went out to him. And I and I just simply called him aside and said, can I talk with you? And I told him, this is what I feel. And he just looked at me. And his eyes got all teary. He just looked. He didn't say anything. He just looked. And I said, can I pray for you? And he goes, yeah. And I prayed for him and just healed that hurt within his heart. And... Uh, and, 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 you know, at the end of it, I go, hey, you want to sign up for Greenhouse? And, and his answer was, which course do you think I should sign up for? Alright, so you can see that healing. I did, I did say to sign up for wholeness, just in case, just in case you thought I was talking about my course, I did tell him sign up for wholeness, alright? Uh, and he did sign up for wholeness. But, but this is the point, that it's a healing. There's a healing of our hearts. There's a healing for relationships. He could connect with me again as the body of Christ. Although somewhere, and I don't know the history was heard, but now he could relate to me. All right? Why? We're family members. We are the family of God. Look at verse 17. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to Jews who were near. I don't know where you put yourself today. Are you far away or are you near? You can be far away and so hurting. I'm talking just relationally, spiritually. Or you could be really near because you're serving and attending. But you go, God, I really struggle. I struggle to connect. I struggle to relate. And that's a real thing. But he brought everyone near. And I believe now the Holy Spirit is bringing you near. Whatever be your story, whatever be your heart is bringing you here it's time to change the story it's time to write a new narrative and through the cross you can change you don't have to keep on this path your God can change it look at verse 18 now all of us can come to the Father all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Jesus has done. Can you see? Can you feel the Holy Spirit here? And those of you online, wherever you are, can you feel the Holy Spirit just drawing you to the Father? Because if we all had the same Father, then we're family. If we all had one Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. There is no circumstance, issue, background, pain, brokenness that could stand before the cross. That's the power of the cross. And the Holy Spirit brings you so that we could have the same Father. You're no longer strangers or foreigners. Maybe you felt disconnected. Maybe you did not feel like family online or here. You did not. Well, today, God's going to remove that so that you can feel through the cross and the leading of the Holy Spirit that God and God is your Father. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We're all members.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that he loves you very much, so much that he died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.